Is it really? Oh my god, dude. I'm looking at Really? Oh yeah. That's, got, is that on there? The, oh yeah, we got oh, it. Oh man, dude. It. Come on. It's gonna be your new sign on. Yeah. Be -rip -be -rip. <laughs> see if I can nail it. Oh dude. Oh, I forget what uh what show it's from, but it, I laugh every time when oh, really? I hear the noise. I think it's a I don't know, some sort of like sitcom or something, probably like a oh, Super Superstore is that a show? Oh yeah, <laughs> where the kid goes. Meow, 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 meow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, he does it so perfect. There was a kid or uh, one of our student leaders. <laughs> he's actually here in the Oklahoma City area. Uh, he could nail that sound, and I just I don't know why I just thought it was so funny. And his timing was so perfect. He would do it at like the perfect time, and I'm like, oh man. <laughs> Uh, that's people. good and then i'm not good with like that that kind of stuff like making i'm not fast man that's i mean i i speak really fast but i always think about the next day going "Ooh, i should have done this thing uh, i should have said this thing i should have made this thing so now what i do and that's what gets me into trouble is now like if it pops in my head i'll do it in the moment and then i get in trouble so whatever oh. like yesterday when we were laughing at those when we were laughing at those memes i just christy was so upset why <laughs> she just thinks it's so childish and she's like why are you being a child and i'm like i like to laugh and it was funny they were hilarious it was really funny stuff so some of the stuff that people put out are just like they're and they're, they're only funny because they're true they're like yeah and you there's, gotta, a lot of there's some to context it. that you have to know yeah and then true. it just they hit were you funny churchy churchy memes <laughs> and uh, it, it took me back to I just oh, yeah. laughed at some of the things that i've experienced but uh, what was I going to say? They, oh man. Oh yeah, that's what I was going to say. You said something about talking fast. I was listening to a podcast the other day um, from, <clears throat> I think it was Managing Leadership Anxiety with uh, Steve Cuss. He was interviewing yeah. a lady. She's a She works as a communicator and she's an ed educator. And so she works with people who are developing uh she teaches basically communication. Oh, yeah. And she said one of the things she tells her students, and I was like, man, this would be so uncomfortable, is to put a one-second pause between every word you say. I heard that. And I'm like, I would be like sitting on the edge of the couch like, okay, next word. Because she, she gave an illustration of it, and I was like, I was on a run. Oh, oh that's bad. So your pace slowed and you started walking. <laughs> yeah. At one point just stopped. I was like, oh, well, it's funny because I, I listen to a lot of audiobooks and podcasts. <clears throat> and depending on who's talking, I'll up that, I'll put that speed fast. And that's, mm -hmm. I can listen to a lot of stuff really fast um, and, and get it in your head like a, a 20 hour book. You can do it in 10 hours if you double speed it. You know, yeah. it's like, and it's like, but you got to really pay attention to what what's happening yeah and i don't think she was taking it is talking nah, she's more about you thinking about what you're saying yeah like more output than it is co consuming like input so it's not at the speed of which we can consume information because i think we can do that fairly fairly quickly but making sure that you're only saying the words that you need to say and we you know right in communication mm. you deal with a lot of filler words like well then our podcast um, wouldn't or, even be a thing right though, dude or, i mean so, well, okay yeah Okay, filler stuff I get. Like, right. um, yeah, right. Uh, mm, ooh, yeah. yeah. In Spanish, it's este, and so they like throw este and everything. Oh, okay. But it's like, 
It's like, like what I just said. It's like. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> but our like, podcast like would be terrible, dude, if we couldn't eliminate foolish talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the flavored water comment, man. It's flavored water. Yeah. What the heck? Oh, yeah. So Buy good. me some more of that flavored so water. Good. <laughs> but it's, it, we, we've, uh, I think we've allowed ourselves to, in the, whole point of our podcast saying the quiet part out loud is to create a space maybe to get people to like just say what they're say what they're thinking i think we live in a world and i think there's a difference between just saying whatever you want to say yeah yeah Yeah. to wound people that's right and and to be hurtful versus being in like a kind of a think tank just just to say hey let's let's think about this together and throw some thoughts out there and we could be wrong on some things or we could land in a different spot or, and to be, to give each other the space for that is right. I think a really healthy thing. Well, and the it's quiet part out loud us. is to disrupt a thought that we've held on to. Mm-hmm. And so when you say the quiet part out loud, it may be something that everybody's thinking, but nobody's saying. And it's like, yeah, I've held on to this for so long. Is it even true? And then boop, quiet part is like, is this even true? And then, then it kind of right. allows conversation. It allows growth. It allows... Uh, walking through things. So, mm-hmm. and the variety, I mean, just, I think about, this is our 26th episode and thinking about the variety of topics and um, even our guests that we've, um, the, the guests that we've had is is interesting. It's definitely expanded the horizon for things to think about. And we haven't even scratched the surface. Oh so. yeah. Sitting around the table with uh, people that, I mean, outside of this, podcast i mean for me maybe you would have rubbed shoulders with them because you're you have that way about you of just kind of inserting yourself into, <laughs> into places that i, I would, insert myself well no i mean like you have That's a so good. you're a trailblazer by yeah. way of saying you know i'm just gonna go for it like if they if i get shut down i get shut down right. my my process is like crap i don't want to get shut down so yeah. i i might not I might not dip my toes in that pond, you know? And so (laughs) it's been, it's been cool to see some of the relationships that I've had the opportunity to be a part of simply because (laughs) you have trailblazed some stuff and been willing to say like, well, (laughs) they say no, they say no, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Let's talk. I think I've gotten myself into good and bad situations because of that, Mm. because of that experience. Like I've, I can, I've stumbled into a coffee conference, um, with the president of the coffee corporation and the vice president of the whole country in Guatemala with Isaac. And that's just like, some of it's ignorance. Some of it's like, why shouldn't I be here? You know, that's like some of it. And then the other, uh, the other things I've stumbled into, like with Lily's adoption into a village, into a Congress meeting with chiefs and thinking that they're going to eat me, you know, cook me up for dinner. So it's like good and bad. There's, there's places that are like, oh, this is awesome to be here. And then the other places you're like, Oof, what did I do? Why did I, why did I come here? You know, yeah. why did I open this door? So yeah, it's a, it's an adventure. I, I think I've lived an adventure and so still do to this day. So, well, and you talked about something the other day that was really not necessarily a new idea, but it was a good reminder and a cool, cool reminder for me. Cause you, you said you were talking about like having conversations and being willing to sit and listen and be with people of like high, you know, maybe high station would be yeah. the, be the thing, but then also maybe in society or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And be, but then also being willing to sit and listen and learn from and to talk with 
people who society might say are uh, less than, yeah. and and that's all perception. It's not. It's it, in its context too. It's who, you know, who would say that? Who would who would classify somebody more important or less important than somebody else? Um, and I think our society does that. Yeah. And I think we have a tendency to give in to that mindset and maybe even categorize people. Um, but so I was, I was reading or same podcast, uh, managing leadership anxiety. It was, they were talking, uh, I forget the, uh, the, the individual's name who mentioned it. So Maybe we can. I don't know if we'll need to put it in the show notes to cite or what. I don't know what the rules. I'm not are even on sure that. if we ever put things in the show notes. We say we're going to. I don't know. Yeah, we're just. We don't have a producer, so we're it's not that like, good. Yeah. So you need to DM us if we are like, dude. You said you put that in the show notes. Oops, sorry. Yeah, we'll we'll go back and put it in the show notes. Uh, <laughs> but it was. It said there was an article written about the strength of weak ties, mm. and I think. And I haven't read all the way through it, so I don't, and I'm not an expert on the topic for sure, but it was an interesting concept to me. Like they were talking about the the value of like just some of these people on the exterior, so to speak, like they're not necessarily on your inner circle, but they have mm. an impact on your life. And being willing to, she was talking about like influence on social media mm. and and all those all those kinds of things. And she said, if somebody takes the time to write me, and maybe try to encourage me or something like that. Like, I'm not my my first instinct is not to go and see how many followers they have, and then <laughs> decide and decipher. Be like, do I want to engage with this person based this on my time? The, yeah. their influence? Yeah, is it worth my time? Yeah. That's a great way to put it, right? Is to say, I think we need to kind of put that on the back burner and and maybe change our filter of what we choose, what's worth our time and what's not. Mm -hmm. And we had a conversation the other day that was helpful for me to say, what's like, um, oh man, loving the people that are right in front of you. Yeah, yeah. And that gave me a lot of freedom because I'm like, man, I can spend a ton of time thinking about, dreaming about, worrying about what, what tomorrow's going to look like or who's going to be in my path or whatever. And I can really easily miss the people that are right in front of me. Well, we spend all our time looking over their shoulder, over that person's shoulder that's right in front of us, hmm. seeing who we're missing. And we totally miss the opportunity yeah. of that person standing right in front of us. It's a it is an interesting <laughs> thing. One of the one of the most powerful conversations that I can remember in recent history, which I've I've been able to in, interact and in, in, and have conversations with lots of different variety of people. But one in particular that I think about was a guy that was experiencing or living homeless um, in Tulsa. His name's hmm. Vinny. And it was one of the most powerful conversations. Got to stand there, hang out with him, talk with him about what life is like. And he was as happy as happy as could be. It was a choice. It wasn't like he was forced to. Um, he was proud that for a year he hadn't been in a shelter. Um, he knew how to uh, how to live. He knew how to function. He had some skills as a uh, repair guy for like bicycles and vehicles. And so he would do enough work so that he could just eat and he could he could live in the, on the streets. Well, this conversation was interesting because he had been, I think, 25 years in prison. When he was released from prison, he just chose that I'm not going to enter society normally. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to be free, in his mind, free and homeless. And so hmm. a lot of us wouldn't take time to even have that conversation. Um, and so this dude's sitting there, and it was such a great experience. And I actually have gone to Tulsa a couple times to try to find him. And I can't, I've never run across him again. And it's like, mm -hmm. in my head, I'm like, I have him on my, I actually have him on my, on my phone 
and I've had them there for years on the background of my phone um, to remind myself that that guy is a person. Yeah. And so finding he's on one Benny, of our church graphics. Yeah. Yeah. He was a, he's on the, I don't know, one, one of the one. give one. Yeah. yeah something I think like that. So. But it's like that conversation was interesting. But then being sitting in an office of the president of the coffee co op in Guatemala, <laughs> that, that conversation was interesting. And so it's hard to, it's hard to say, like to your point, to say this person is worth my time because of what it'll do for me instead mm-hmm. of this person happens to be in front of me and it's going to enrich my life no matter what their status in, in the world is, whatever yeah. the system tells, uh, tells me that they are, uh, cause they're just another human. They're another person. Um, and it's, it's powerful to be able to release your mind from the anxiety of trying to step over and up and who can help me get ahead. Mm-hmm. Man, it's just like, it's an enriching life when you can actually look at people for who they are. And, and we're both pastors. So we interact with, uh, man, Talk about just the extremes of all people. Right. And the whole spectrum of people. Yeah. And how cool is it just to be able to have a relationship with all? Yeah. It's just a fun, it's fun and it's life giving. And I was even, I was, I was reading this morning in, um, uh, Paul Tripp's, uh, New Morning Mercies. And mm. it was talking about like being alone and, the reality that fundamentally like in Christ you're never you're never fundamentally alone and i was thinking through my life and it just it just hit me like there some of the things that he was saying is saying was like oh man in this season you could be experiencing this and this and this and this and i was like oh man like i'm not experiencing that right now i'm not experiencing that right now and I'm not experiencing that. And like the list went on and I was like, man, thank the Lord that I'm not experiencing that right now. So instead of like feeling the weight of aloneness, like in this season in particular, and there's been seasons of my life where I have felt alone, but in this season, I'm thankfully surrounded by people that God's put in my path. And I think part of that is recognizing because you could be surrounded by people and still feel alone. Yeah. But when you see people for who they are as human and just really people <laughs> like creatures of God. Right. And just like let it stop there instead of saying, oh well that's so and so who is this, this and this and so therefore, I feel valued because, or I feel alone because they have maybe power or position or whatever. And so I'm connected with them. So therefore I don't feel alone. Mm-hmm. But if the people that you're connected with are maybe not like of high society like standards status, or status yeah. and that's what's causing you to feel alone, maybe you need to look at the people, maybe you need to change your view of the people that God's put in your path and around you as for who they really are and see them as, as gifts, as, as people who, uh, who matter. And that because you simply have a relationship with them, right. they're not alone. Right. So, or you're, you're not alone. And so I'm, I'm thankful. And I have, you know, um, <clears throat> people, like you said, of all spectrums in my life that God has put in my path and none of them are, more or less important than the other one. Yeah. But yet I think humanly 
sometimes we we think they are. Yeah, and I I think there is more. Uh, we in the last year, year and a half, two years. I mean, it's been going on for a hundred years or better. In America, we've had a conflict in um, society, racism, ethnicism, whatever you want to call it. The 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 de- the decision to treat people different based on the color of their skin. And I kind of wonder. I've been I've been really like trying to analyze this. And yes, racism is a is a fact and it's detrimental to our society and our coming yeah. together but i wonder if there's an underlying even a darker more sinister um ism uh which i don't know what else to call it other than classism and it's mm. like i am in this society this part of society and i can't cross over to that part of society and i can't even be friends with you because you're not in my status so it becomes this classist thing and i kind of wonder if more detrimental and something that's creeped in as acceptable is classism more than racism because classism crosses the ethnic barrier, the boundary. And so Hmm. if you're in this status, if you have this career, if you have this um, kind of house or you have this kind of influence or this kind of money or this kind of whatever, then we can all hang out and get along. And then we're going to look down on people that are less and we're going to try to like, oh, poor them. We're going to help them out and give them a, give them a meal because, oh, poor them. You know, Mm. I don't need to have that, but they do. And so, Mm. so part of our, part of our philanthropy or part of our like generosity is because I'm in this class and the best thing I can do for them is give them a meal instead of elevating people as human and giving people the opportunity to be in any part of society, you know, no matter where they are. So I kind of wonder if it's more sinister, this classism thing. Um, and you can experience that white, black, Hispanic, Chinese, doesn't really matter. There's a class system. Um, India, for example, with Anishan and um, Swapna, they have a, a caste system um, in India. And I was talking with them or with uh, Swapna over the weekend. It's an interesting thing that still affects people even to this day about marriage and intermarriage and those kind of things within the caste system. And I kind of wonder if we don't we don't call it the caste system, but it's definitely like classism. Oh, know? for sure. And I mean, we even like we would. I've even used the term before, like the area in which we live would be, you know, like uh, I've even said before, like upper middle class or something like that. Like you know, uh, when I was living in Owasso, that's what people uh. referred to as Owasso. Is like it's like upper middle class. Like there, and there's some areas that are really, really. Uh, affluent and then there's other areas that are that are not so much but they're doing well for for themselves nobody wants for anything necessarily and that affects our the i mean it directly affects the way that we live and i don't know i don't really know how to get away from that like if there's well there's fear there's control there's Mm -hmm. there's there's fear of actually letting people in that are going to change our experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe living out of the country and experiencing a different culture helps cross that barrier, maybe. Uh, but it's still there. I found myself in a lot of places that were super uncomfortable. And the only reason they were uncomfortable is because I wasn't used to them. And so I think class has something to do with that. Classism or or place in society, you know, has something to do with that. And I, I, I really think it's more divisive than, than racism, um, in in some aspects. And even in some ways, like, I think age affects it too. Like there's, there's an age thing. I had a, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to 
the man, the myth, the legend, Wyatt. Crap. <laughs> I've got it in my notes to talk about him and shame him just a little bit. Oh, don't shame him. Listen, he came to my house. Okay, so th- this is- He a, actually a, went to your house. This is a great example of this. Okay, so they were sitting at, at you, or him and your dad were sitting in our in our thing, and I just thought it was funny. They well, Okay, so, so backstory, Wyatt okay. is one of our- that I know of, youngest listeners. <laughs> yeah. But he no, hasn't he listened to all our episodes. All, yeah. I don't think his mom allowed him to, but he's listened right. to a couple. Which is probably wise. And they're in New Mexico, and they were here over the weekend, and they were he walked up to us and treated us like superstars. And I was like, we're just regular people, dude. We're nobodies. And, and anyway, he sent me a video, or, or my mom sent me a video of him sitting in our studio yeah. by our stinking microphones and saying, my name is Wyatt. This yeah. is where we say the quiet part out loud. <laughs> it was and I'm so like, funny. You dog. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. But anyway, back to your point about well, age. So yeah, and he came up, he he came to pick up Max from Cage's birthday party. Ah, okay. With, I was wondering with your how dad. he went to your yeah, house. your dad. He came into my house and introduced himself, <clears throat> stuck out his hand to shake my hand. And it was like he had this, He's definitely a confident kid. He's confident, but he was so he was just kind. Like he was yeah. he had a very gentle spirit about him. But I say that because like he's I, I don't know how old he is, maybe 14, 15. I'm not I'm 13, not sure. 14. Yeah, he's 12, 13, 14. He's a young man. <laughs> Sorry, he's a, Wyatt. We yeah, don't know how old you he's are. A young, he's a young <laughs> yeah, Jack man. Wagon. We don't know yeah, how old he, you he, are. <laughs> yeah. Uh he's he just had this way about him that it was like even though he saw us which he only had heard us on the radio right he saw us as someone that was maybe important or uh had some sort of status like he was he was willing to enter into a conversation as a person Mm. you know what i mean like he didn't he didn't treat me like and he said he said some very kind things he's like oh man that's crazy like super nice to meet you or whatever because he's heard our voices and like to him mate i don't know how he took one of our stickers yeah he he got a sticker from us and it was i don't know but i just my interaction with him was so i don't know what other word to use but like refreshing because it wasn't like I was this person and he was this this person like he he entered into the room, he shook my hand and was like, "Hey, you're a person, I'm a person. Let's just let's have a conversation." And yeah. he was a very very kind uh young young man and so it was well, like Well, if we can train ourselves as human beings to mm-hmm. actually look at other human beings and say, "What can I learn? How can I walk with you? How can we because uh, our stories cross." Yeah. Whether you Here's the here's the truth and this is kind of sad, but whether you like the person or not, and they're in your life, your story's mingled. Yeah. And so the person that cuts you off on the highway, the person that uh, flips you off wherever you are, the person that's living on the street, the person that's um, the bank teller or the person that whatever store is checking you out, you know, checking you out with uh, taking your money, the waitress and the waiter, they all have become this connection to your story. Yeah. And so it's really, you're looking at them and yet they are part of you. And so... If you can learn, if we can learn to interact with people for who they are, our lives will be rich, man, really rich. Instead of like these nuisance or this people that are separated in a different system than I am, it actually enriches life. It makes our life better. And not, I don't know that it even enriches yours as much as it does 
or it enriches theirs as much as no. it does yours. Right. Because you walk away from an interaction with somebody that you treat as as human. And this idea uh, Steve Cuss talks about all the time, being human-sized. Right. And right. it's like, that's such a great way to walk through life is to not only view yourself as human-sized, but then other people as human-sized. And, I mean, I'm, we're sitting across <laughs> – it blew my mind. I think you you kind of chuckled a little bit because you're like, oh, Ruben's Ruben looks a little, you know, intimidated. We were getting ready to <laughs> record this podcast. We have, uh, you know, Swabna, who's very educated, has you know some degrees behind her name. She has a She's lot been of, around the world. Yeah, I mean, she's she traveled the world, and she deals a lot with the mind and how people think and all this kind of stuff. And then you have, you know, uh, Anish, and you know his. <laughs> he holds a heart in his hand. Yeah, yeah seriously. <laughs> Like a, uh, it's a cardiologist. Cardiologist, so you yeah, deal with like the heart. surgery, surgery on people's hearts, and it's like literally people's lives on a regular basis are in his hands, and it's like, yeesh, <laughs> you know, you sit, <laughs> you sit at a table with those people, and you're like, wow, and and the conversation but that's the classism that I had, receiving on this end, right? And that had nothing <clears throat> to do with ethnicity; it had to do with. Oh, this person's in a different place of life, and I mm -hmm. look at them and I hold them up, and so it's mm -hmm. classism that works both directions. You know, what I'm saying it's not just someone that's in a higher class looking down, but it's also someone in a different one that we consider down looking up. Yeah, and that's that is a danger. It really is danger because it takes yeah. away our humanity. Yeah, and feeling like I don't, I don't fit, I don't belong in the room. You talked right. about, <laughs> you said, you said when you were with the president of <laughs> Guatemala, and you know this coffee, yeah guy is like they're big deals and you're like tell me why i don't belong here <laughs> you know and, and i'd be like and i'd be thinking how like where's the nearest exit because i don't belong here <laughs> well it's funny because i was with uh with um isaac from coffee slingers and then we had one of our our co-workers his co-worker um i don't know if it was us three or if there was four i don't know how many of us were there mm -hmm. and uh we had a guy with our team taking pictures <laughs> and so i actually came in and they said, so who's with you? And I was like, well, this guy's taking pictures. He's got video. Uh, this guy owns the coffee shop in the United States. And so I was just kind of telling the story in Spanish. You know, I was just talking to him. Well, they gave our one guy a media uh, connection badge, and he's going in with a small DSLR with these humongous cameras, like these big news media cameras. And they lined them up with the same people that are broadcasting the news <laughs> and they got him with this small DSLR in the, <laughs> in awesome. the string. And so it's just fun. That kind of stuff cracks me up because I'm like, that's funny. Well, then they heard we were there and the president of this organization, the co-op, it's like the, the if you're going to do coffee in Guatemala, you got to go through this co-op. He's like, hey, br bring them up to my office. And so it was like, hey, Isaac, we're going up to this guy's office. And it's just funny. I mean, that kind of stuff cracks me up because I'm like, it feels a little bit like... Um, Leonardo DiCaprio in that movie, Catch Me if you, is it Catch Me If You Can? Maybe the one where he he poses as a he's like a forger, and he poses as like an airline pilot, and he poses as oh, and he forges money and yeah. So it's kind of like I'm an imposter for sure, like and we know it, <laughs> and we're just here. You know? That's funny. <laughs> so it kind of felt like that, you know. It felt like that because I'm like, okay. Then he introduced me to the Ministry of Education of the country, and introduced me to these people, and and Isaac and I are looking at each other, going, "This is funny. This is really cool." <laughs> <laughs> but those are the kind of things that's like we actually could be there because we were human, but then we also had something to offer. You know, we're trying to improve the lives of of certain people in Guatemala, and so mm -hmm. you know, understanding the moment, understanding the opportunity. And what do you think it was that like 
I don't know. You're we talked you talk a lot about like you're farther down the road that I than I am. And so you've experienced some things and like I get frustrated with myself. Yeah. Uh, because I'm not where other people are sometimes. And sometimes I just don't am not enjoying the journey because I wanna I wanna be somewhere else, you know, like I wanna like further along or further just somewhere. Along. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 not somewhere else. Like I'm I'm confident that you know this is where where god has me in the season and i'm super thankful for sometimes i wake up and be like how did i get here yeah yeah but not somewhere else in that sense but like i want to be further along you know and so i kind of want to skip a cycle and where was i going with that oh so what was it that like i don't know i mean is that a is that an experience thing or is that really what I made kinda... you be okay with being in the room with those those people of such what we would consider like, I mean, depending on who you are, yeah, those people are a, a quote unquote big deal right. kind of thing, right? And you were like, oh, this is cool. Like, I'm in the room with them. I, I guess to be like a little bit honest, a little bit of it is has to be. I don't know what other words to use other than arrogance. I mean, a little bit has to be that because mm. it's kind of like, you know, you have to tell yourself why shouldn't I be here, but also. Um, ignorance goes with it too. So it's kind of like, it's ignorance and arrogance because you're like, why shouldn't I be here? And then maybe I don't really know. You know, if you're at a place in in a situation where you have the wrong clothes on, you have the wrong, you didn't quite read the room, you don't know where you're at, that's just a little ignorant, you know? And we all find ourselves in those situations. I think a lot of it, me personally, and I don't know how everyone goes to this, goes through this, but I think you have to put yourself in a situation where you don't know everything and you don't know the answers and you don't know what's going on and then get through it and realize, oh, okay, I survived this. What else can I experience? You know, mm. um, you know, Christy and I have gotten ourselves in Costa Rica into multi-million dollar neighborhoods because we said we wanted to look at houses that were on the market. <laughs> Never were we going to buy those houses. But one of the things we wanted to do is go into a neighborhood and see how people lived. <laughs> and so that was in Central America and they're gated with guards and you got to give your ID. And because, because of the way we carried ourselves, they let us in. Hmm. But if we would have been not confident or been like unsure, they wouldn't have let us in. And so I think some of it is that experimenting of why can't I be here? Hmm. You know, why, why not? You know, why am I not allowed? Yet? Why am I, why am I not? Why can't I be here? Um, but the other part is a little ignorant, you know, just ignorance. Um, sometimes you stumble into things. Uh, one of my experiences of being where I shouldn't have been was um, while I was going through the adoption with Lily, Lily in Panama. And one of the things that really, I mean, the story is long. I don't have time to tell it all, but um, we moved to Panama. I'd never lived there. Um, I was unaware of a lot of the way that things worked. It was different than Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. And they told me that we couldn't continue the adoption process. And so I left Christy in a, in a, um, um, actually she was in Costa Rica this time. I left her in Costa Rica. I went to Panama and I basically walked the streets of Panama city asking questions and trying to find where the source of who was saying no, because if you get a letter or if you get a phone call, it's kind of cold. It's kind of like, okay, what is this? And so I, I found the actual directors, like the director of the, the, country's adoptions and I found her office and I went in without an appointment, without a, without being on the schedule. And that was based on crisis. That was based on like a need. Okay. And so I was like, and they told me you can't be here. And I said, why not? 
you're talking about life here. And so the, I finally talked my way through the secretaries and through the, the security and all that stuff. And I sat outside of her office and she wouldn't come out because she didn't want to talk to me. Well, I sat there all day long. I just sat there in silence all day. She couldn't go to the bathroom. She couldn't go to lunch <laughs> until like if she came out, I was going to pounce on her, you know. And so eventually she had like at the end of the day, she goes, Roten, get in here. And so I went into her office and I had a booklet that Christy put together of Lily's first year pictures. And I put it on the desk and I said, you're, you're talking about my daughter. You know, you're talking about a little girl that has family and has cousins and has grandma and grandma and grandpa and people that love her. And I said, and her community said she can't come back. And so what you're doing is you're taking this little girl away and then you're going to put her in a different situation and you're talking about my daughter. And so because of that, she opened up her heart as another human and we went through the process. So we, we have Lily today. So I, I think some of it is stubbornness, ignorance, and then just arrogance too. You know, I think mm-hmm. uh, to be honest, I think that's part of it. So where, where do you think that the confidence to work your way through you said you said part of it was crisis based. You were like, man, there's there's a life at stake here, right? But for the for the normal scenario of everyday human life, like, what is it that you think causes people to not insert themselves in certain situations or to to feel down on themselves to the point where they don't? They don't invite themselves into a situation like that. Hmm. Like, is it just, is it sheer experience? I think there could be some personality at stake too. um, Kind of like the way we're wired. There's people that actually insert themselves into, (laughs) into things they probably shouldn't. I mean, I think there is a, there is an uncomfortable, awkward insertion sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes it makes sense. There's an intuition that goes with that. Uh, if you've been in a situation where you know you're not welcome and it's pretty obvious, it's almost like, let me duck and let me get out of here, you know? Right. So I think there is a difference. There's a difference between, um, like in, in the case of Lily's adoption with the director, they didn't want me there. I shouldn't have been there. And yet the crisis forced me to stay. Um, mm-hmm. And the outcome was different. But then I've been at, um, I've been at gatherings. I've been in conference rooms. And I'm like, I, I shouldn't be here. This is not, this, this conversation is not mine. And then I'll leave. So I think there's a different, I think that's discernment. But um, in the everyday life, in every, everyday people's life, I think most of us are more concerned about what other people think and how they're going to respond to us. And the other person is thinking, how are the other people going to respond to me? And so no one is actually stepping into a situation because they're only worried about how the other person's going to respond to them. And in the end, we're all human. And so being in a room with people, whether their influence is high or low, everyone's thinking about how they're going to look, not how the room's going to be or how people feel. So I think it's, I think it's a lot of internal work to be like, if I show some, a little bit of confidence and I step into a situation, I think it actually reduces anxiety and stress in the room because then people are like, okay, this person feels like they need to be here. Now you may tell yourself I shouldn't be here (laughs) and you may be thinking that, but no one else is thinking that. I think that's just you thinking that. Yeah. So some of it's it's internal it's working kind of... and comfortable with yourself. Okay. Being comfortable with yourself, you know, um, knowing who you are. I think and... back to our conversation last podcast was like knowing who you are. Hmm. And I think a lot of us need time. I, it's hard to say that you'll 
get to this age and know who you are? Because I don't know if it's an age thing. Um, it could be experience. It could be situations you've been in. It could be where you were born. And there's some people that never leave their hometown, you know, their whole lives. So they're not going to have the same perspective. Um, but that doesn't mean they wouldn't know who they are, you know? Right. So, and I think discovery, continuing to discover those things, because I'll still find myself in places that I'm like, I shouldn't be here. You know, I shouldn't be in this situation. I've, I've, I've stepped, I've over, I've overextended my, my abilities, you know, <laughs> like I'm out, I'm out stretching my abilities, but I think the expanding balloon, did I send you that, that, um, that thing I read last week about a balloon when you blow it the first time, oh, it's yeah, real yeah. hard, but then the second time you blow up the same balloon, it's a lot easier. Yeah. And sometimes I think our situations and our experiences are like that. The first time it was like, Ooh, what am I doing? But then the next time it's easier and yeah. the next time it's easier. And I think that's part of the journey. The part of the journey is that very thing. Like this first time sucked. Well, and there, there are times where you step into situations and I've had these experiences where you not only sense that you don't belong, but that's confirmed by the treatment of others. Like, you know, people, people treat you poorly. And so the second time or the next time you really second guess, like, and I don't know, like, is it, uh, cause I, I feel like that's an area where I, where I'm growing is learning, you know, we've asked ourselves a lot lately, like, who are you and not only who are you, but where are you? Right. And those have been really helpful questions for me because it's forced me to kind of push to the side some things that I even thought about myself and where my identity lies. Like if you continually are asking yourself, like, who are you? Who are you? And even where are you? Like, it forces you to come to grips with your true identity and also kind of forces you to ask yourself like how you got to where you got. And and you rehearse some things, even the hard stuff has, is that's part of your story to get to where Hmm. maybe God's brought you. And so you're like, okay, Right. That's helpful to understand. Right. You know, sometimes we don't stop and pause enough to reflect on those things, and then we get to where we're at, and we're like, I don't know how I got here. You know what I mean? And and sometimes it's like, it's that's the awareness okay factor. That. Well, it's the awareness factor. Yeah. Um, there's people that I know <clears throat> that set set their minds to something, and no matter how awkward it is, they eventually become it becomes normal. And they may be awkward. They may even be socially awkward. They may be even awkward in a situation. But because they set their minds to it and they become a staple in that situation, no one even thinks about the awkwardness that it was originally. Even though that person has not even changed, they're still awkward, you know? So I think a lot of it is we we project onto the people how they're going to respond more than they actually respond. Um, yeah. And And so I think trying over and over again is good, but... It really depends on what it is. I think every situation is a little different. You know, I think um, mm-hmm. when I was in college, I really wanted this job and I wasn't sure I was going to be able to get it. So I offered the company free labor for a month for them to try, see if they even liked me. And they took me up on it 
and they paid me from day one, but they took me up on it based on the audacity of just giving my time away because I really wanted to work there. So I think that's some of it. Some of it's experience. Some of it's like, I'm going to try. Hmm. And, um, but I do, I mean, it comes back to personalities probably. It comes back to crisis, need. Um, comes back to, I don't know, what you've experienced in the past, maybe. Yeah. But I think fail failing sometimes shuts people down and yet other people with failure keep going and try again. And I'm not sure, I don't know what the, what the difference is between those two people. Well, because sometimes you experience failure and it reveals that was, that was a mistake. I need to go a different direction. And sometimes failure is simply a learning experience to know how to do it differently, but continue to head in the same direction. Right. So right. like that's that's difficult to navigate too is like is this failure something that I need to learn from that will that will give me the tools and resources and equip me to continue moving forward or is this failure something that I need to be like you know what I walked down that road I need to now walk down this road instead. Like when should you give up even if you've invested time, money and resources? Right. When should you walk away? I think stupid is keep going because I've already invested too much instead of cutting your losses because <laughs> I there is a point of like dang mm-hmm. I've invested so much I can't stop now and I think a lot of businesses shut down because of that I think a lot of people fail because of that because they are not aware that man I don't care that you've invested this much money time and effort this is never going to happen walk yeah. away um but I do think some if you go into a situation especially for work if you go into a situation and you get you fail maybe it's education maybe it's some resource that you haven't discovered you need. Mm-hmm. And so continuing on with the same uh, set of tools is stupid. Find the find what you need to go on. Like actually find that missing element, you know, and then add it to your your tool belt. Um, other times, man, I've I've tried things and failed and been like, eh, that's really not what I want to do anyway. <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? And it reveals that you don't want to. Like it reveals that there's no passion for that thing anyway. So that's okay. And I think my thing with me personally is like, I like connecting with people. I like connecting other people to other people. I like learning, man. I like to learn things that I don't know nothing about. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably taken me into a lot of things as well. You know, in that same time frame when I was trying to adopt Lily, I, d- I decided to start a, a corporation and a nonprofit in Panama. <laughs> the, I, I knew nothing even how to start. And so that was, that was a fun journey. And I made a ton of mistakes along the way, but every time I made a mistake, I figured out, oh, I didn't do that one thing or I didn't register in that one building, or I didn't have that one document. And so instead of throwing my hands up in the air and walking away, it was like, okay, I figured out that that's the thing I was missing. And so let me bring that one. Well, if you know third world country, a culture or or a, in a developing country, I mean, they'll send you 20 different places around town to do one project. And so that's mm-hmm. just something you learn, you know. Um, it just depends on what your passions are, you know, what you want to accomplish. And I think if we could look at, like what you're saying, failure was not the thing that put the nail in the coffin, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It was, it was always learning for you. It was like fail, failure wasn't the the final thing to say, "I'm done." Right. I failed. So when we when <clears throat> we view failure as a final thing then I think we we miss, and I know I've missed 
opportunities before because I just haven't tried again. Mm. Like failure is really hard for me because mm. it feels so, oh, just I hate failing. Because it confirms some things in my mind that <laughs> I know. That you're already thinking. Yeah, yeah, that I'm already thinking. And so, and that, like you said, you project on other people how they're going to perceive you or whatever. And that is, I think, a component that's been really interesting but hard for me to navigate is how much I actually project onto people versus like their perception of me versus what they actually perceive perceive of me. So mm. I have this image of me in in my mind of like uh who I really am. Right. And then I perceive that that's how everyone else sees me and if I fail in front of them or if I, you know, if something happens that confirms the way that I see myself, I hate it when other people see that and it's exposed because then it can in my mind it confirms what they were already thinking too. Yeah. And so I'm like Ugh, like that's hmm. super hard. So there's some things that I've like I've maybe failed at along the way, and I'm a pretty I'm a pretty determined individual. Um, so there's not it. This isn't this way with everything. <laughs> well, I told Ruben he couldn't do something. Just don't, don't worry about it. It's too hard. It's too complicated. Don't do it. And he's Ooh, like, that'll get my. And he was like, oh yeah. And he didn't even say, oh yeah. He just like, I showed up and it was done. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I didn't want you to waste your time on that, but okay, you did it. <laughs> yeah. And that's an interesting thing too about me. So I don't know. I don't know. And I don't even know where that, where that comes from because you tell me, you tell me that I can't do something and I'll do it. Well, I don't even know if it was like I that told I you you couldn't do. do it. I think it was more like I thought through what it would take to do it. And right. I was like, eh, don't, don't waste your time on that. Right. And you're like, oh yeah, boom. <laughs> Yeah, that, that may be rebellion, or that's maybe living up to something that you think you need to live up to. Well, and I I deemed it important enough. And all of us have that a little bit, I think. I mean, yeah. all of us have a little bit of that um, tendency to want to prove something. Um, and I and I wonder if some of the failures that we experience are are they reveal what we really don't know and what we really what they don't want to do, and then some of the failures drive us to go to get better. So like for me, yeah. construction, I've been in construction. I've tried construction. I know certain elements of construction and I can be a gopher, but don't put me in charge of it. Don't, don't make me be the guy that makes the wall straight or the, or the ground level. Don't, don't do that. Or mm -hmm. if you want a, a precise measurement, like, um, 23.25 inches. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll get you close, <laughs> but if it's gotta be exact and I know we have a measuring tape and I know we have this thing, mm -hmm. but I'm almost like, oh, it's good enough. And that's not that's not a good yeah. place to be for construction. Like terms like uh twenty-five and a quarter, leave the line. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> like what? What? What so line? So I cut There's to the no right, line. left, middle. Well, okay. Oh, I gotta first. cut to the right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that's why I like cooking and baking, because you can fudge that stuff and you'll get a great creation. But in construction you can't. They're different outcomes, you know. Yeah. And so interesting. you can throw in a dash of this and if there's a few extra grains of salt, it's okay. Which, and I think that's- But in construction, you can't. That's why I'm, <laughs> I think- Now, people that are in construction are be like, oh yeah, you can throw in a dash and we can fix that with caulking or we can fix that with grout or whatever. Right. But that's not me. I just, I see it as like, oh, I screwed that thing up and I just, that's not good, you know? <laughs> yeah, you can, you can cover a lot of stuff up in construction and 
unfortunately a lot of people do. Um, well, you can discover things by failure in cooking that is is good. Actually, things that are like do they they they're not in the recipe, but you stumbled across something you accidentally left out, and you're like, "Oh, I like this better," you know, right? Or I added something, or "Oh, I wonder what I could do with this and throw this in," you know. Mm-hmm. So that to me that that's fun, and maybe that's creativity, and maybe that's why that's more fun for me than construction. And I think construction for me is safe because it's exact it's yeah it's like make it this long and i think that's where personality comes into this whole thing of Mm -hmm. connections being in the room meeting people it comes some of it comes down to simple i mean opportunity obviously but some of it's simple personality i mean not everybody should be trying to do that and that's okay it's okay to be like that's not me and okay and in that in saying that you're giving yourself permission to be human Right. Like, and, and not only be just a human, but be the human that God created you to be. Right. And I think that's where some of the identity stuff comes in. Some of the like, who am I comes in. Like, you do have to ask yourself some of those questions because there's things that you do that I just like look at and I'm like, I, I, I would never, I, I don't think I could ever do that. Like, I would never be able to do that. I don't, it doesn't nor should fit you. with me. Yeah. And nor should you. Right. But yet there's times in which I feel pressure to do that because you're doing that. Wow. Like you say things or you you talk about things that you have done and I'm like, oh crap, like should I should I be doing that too? And it's like we're different people and right. you've never put that pressure on me. You've you've always said, dude, like we're different and that's why this works. But yet there's something inside of me that sometimes if I'm not careful to manage it, rises up and was like, oh man, I gotta because he's doing that, because you're doing that, I got to be doing that too, because we happen to be in the same line of work, even though we're very, very different people. Yeah. And we can celebrate that, but and it's that's, also... That's the whole... I mean, and, and we're, in a, we're in a service industry, really. I mean, we lead, uh, we develop, we... we um, train, we equip. So we're in a service, we're in a service industry and it would, and it's so counterproductive when, when we're both trying to do the same thing, we're basically bumping into each other. Mm -hmm. And so the people that we influence, the people we hang out with, the people that we, we meet with on a regular basis, if we're both doing that, we're not really getting anywhere, you know? And I think the whole point of our personalities and our differences is you can engage and interact with the people that I won't and vice versa. And not that you couldn't and not that I couldn't, but we're giving ourselves freedom to be like, okay, I'm going to settle into these relationships that make sense for me. And so we get to broaden our horizons and that's really good, you know? And so around town, there's things that I'll get involved in that you shouldn't. Um, and then there's things you'll get involved in that I won't or shouldn't, you know? And I think that's okay. I think that's actually really good. I, I think that's a, that's a beautiful thing. And so we're not clones. We're completely different. Right. And know? reflecting, reflecting on that and where some of that comes from in recent years, I I think a lot of it comes from what's what I felt was the expectation of some of the circles that I grew up in, mm. of like this conformity mentality. Everyone, like this is what it looks like to be a good, right. na- you name it. And so then you chase after becoming this person who does XYZ 
rather than giving yourself some freedom to say, Hey, here's some, this, some space here. Here's a large overarching view of like, man, here, here's what it looks like. And specifically in the religious world, if you want to Right. Put it like that is like, here's what it looks like to be a good Christian. And even the term good Christian is like, I have an aversion to <laughs> at this point in my life because it's like, well, what makes someone, someone good? Like, cause I can, and my tendency is because I like things exact because things are very black and white for me, I will follow that all day long. I've always told you like, I'm a, I was a great legalist because there were rules to follow. There were rules of engagement and if you follow these rules, then you fit. And if you didn't, you were out. And people were mad at you or felt like you were, quote unquote, backsliding or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And so I think that's where some of that mentality comes from, that we all must look the same, do the same things, act the same way, dress the same way, talk the same way, and become this one person. All of us need to achieve this one personhood and there's no freedom for it's interesting you say that because i just finished this book and it's funny because i think on our very first episode i mentioned this book and i just finished it so it's taken me <laughs> forever but you and i was reading it with somebody <laughs> i've read a bunch of books in between it was just like i got bogged but in this in this book and, and we're coming from a from a christian perspective from a from a jesus perspective okay mm -hmm. and so there's this line that i've heard my whole life and it was in this book and I, and I actually put a question there. I put a question mark, and then I had a discussion with the guy that I'm reading the book with. And it, says, it says right there, Jesus' incarnation when he took on human flesh shows us that he humbled himself to become like us. His life leads to a complete reversal. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. His resurrection shows us that we will become like him. Okay? So I put a question here. Can we be like Jesus? Question mark. And actually, the discussion that I had was, it is demonic, my opinion is, it's demonic to aspire to be like Jesus. Hmm. This, is, this is my opinion. Now, this is not what the book says, but this was the discussion I had, is like, we all think within Christianity, and I think every religious system has this to a certain extent, that the leader or the focus or the or the person that's the person we're following is the person we're supposed to be like, not only be like them, but become them. And I think within Christianity, Jesus is our is the author, is the finisher, is the focus, is the person that we're we're chasing. And really we misunderstand that Jesus came here to chase us. And when he finds us, he doesn't say, okay, now become me. That's not what he says. He actually takes our personality, our gifting. He actually gives us gifts. He actually fulfills our life, and, and we become the best us because of him, because he fills the gap. He fills the questions. He gives us a reason for living. But to say that we're going to become like Jesus misunderstands the whole point. And so you can take this into eternity. So if you talk about life after this, and mm -hmm. as from the Christian uh, perspective, there's heaven, there's hell, there's eternity with God, there's eternity separated from God. And when we think about heaven, almost our biggest concept is, I'm going to be like Jesus, and we're all going to be there together worshiping him for eternity. Well, we have this picture in our head, and a lot of it's because of art and because of people, things that people told us, 
that we're all dressed in white robes and we all look the same and we're all acting the same. I think that cheapens what God has done in the world, in the universe, to create things individually, and individually we have our own identity. And I think you're not going to lose your identity because we're in heaven. You're not going to lose your identity because you know Jesus. You are actually you, and yet you have a Savior. You have someone that has come into your life and given you the meaning of life and given you the purpose of life. Mm -hmm. But my goal is not to be Jesus. My goal is to follow him, and my goal is to put my focus on him, but my full goal is not to be him. There's only one Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. And so I be, I think that I'm going to become this deity, this Jesus-like like like powerful person that's going to rule the universe. No, that's never going to be my goal. That's never my aspiration. I am a soul that has an identity. And so in heaven, I'm going to know you and you're going to know me, but you're going to know me fully. You're going to know me for who I was created to be. And I'm going to know you for who you're created to be. And so for me to say that I'm supposed to be like Jesus, I kind of don't like that statement. I don't think that's a good statement. I think it's like, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and I'm going to follow him and walk as he walked, but I'm not going to be him. I shouldn't be him because I'm Ray. Now, my parents called me Ray, so that's what <laughs> I'm, I'm identifying as Ray, but I'm a soul that has eternal, is going to live for eternity. And so what Jesus does is he gives me purpose and he fills the void and he gives me hope and he gives me peace and he gives me connection and he gives me the ability to go one another and work with people, and yet I'm still going to be me for eternity. I'm not losing that, right? Mm. And so if I can discover, even if it's a glimpse of who I am and who I'm created to be, then I'll live a fulfilled life and actually have a fulfilled eternity because I'd be redeemed by Jesus, right? So this identity thing is I shouldn't be in a system where we're all copies of each other because there's only one original and the original is the one that's valuable. I don't care how good the copy is. It's a copy. Mm. Each person's individual so why should I copy someone else? I'd be an imperfect thing. I'm an original. And so uh, Ephesians says that I'm a masterpiece created to do the things that he's left me to do. Well, guess what Jesus did? <laughs> he was crucified on the cross. Mm. I mean, that, that's not going to be my destiny. You know, my destiny is not to be crucified on a cross. And yet spiritually, I'm crucified with him because he now tells me what to do, right? I'm not my own. Mm -hmm. So if I can, <laughs> if I can aspire to be anything, it's not Jesus but I'm going to try to live for him. That's different. And I think in the system that you and I grew up in, um, there was a mold mm -hmm. and there was a checklist and whoever was the first person that came up with that mold and checklist is the original and everyone else was copies. And that cheapens the whole experience. That, that really, that is really, really satanic because mm. it's an imitation. Shouldn't do that. So that's pretty, and that's pretty like nuanced, like how you, how you see that, because I can see where people say that I've said that before. And so, and, and Jesus even says himself, like, if you love me, then obey my commandments. And yeah. so it's like walking in obedience rather than trying to become become him and this is where it gets really like gross is why why do you want to become jesus yeah jesus didn't say become me right he just said obey my father 
Yeah. Be filled with the spirit. Do good work. Love one another. Be unified. I mean, those are, he gave us some pretty direct commands. And I, and I wonder if the, the, the people that are not Jesus followers and I think the wonder if the people that are kind of like observing Christians as these crazy people, especially nowadays, look at it and say, man, they're just all a bunch of copycats of each other. They're just a bunch of, you, know, you can trigger them, you can say this stuff and, and you'll get them all riled up. And the nuance is, man, I can, I can interact with anybody because I'm another human just like them. Mm-hmm. I may know Jesus. He's redeemed me. He's given me purpose. He's given me hope, but I'm not Jesus. I'm not God. I'm not him at all. I'm just another human. So I can break down the barrier, you know, and and actually interact with people as other humans. So I think uh, the pressure has been, you know, some people call it proselytizing. Other people would call it um, saving people. Other people would call it um, witnessing to people. Other people would call it um, outreach. Other people would call it whatever. I mean, there's tons of names for it. Evangelism. And so the pressure is, okay, now that I'm following Jesus, everyone I come into contact with with has to do the same thing I did. And the only thing we know is our experience. Yeah. And the only thing we know is our experience. And so we just say, well, if you want to follow Jesus, do what I did. Well, and there's been moments in my life or seasons of my life where I've actually like discredited in my mind the validity of someone's decision to follow Jesus because they came about it in a different way than I did. Yeah. And, and their that's experience really, with that's Jesus really is different than mine. Yeah. And it's really like, looking back, it's really gross yeah. to me that I that I would have thoughts about someone's eternal resting place and and destination based on the road they took to get there. Hmm. Hmm. That's like Well, and I and I, and the conversation is okay, so how do I think like you and how do I how do I have the life experience and the influence you do. Well, man, if I think about myself or I think about you, and if someone asked us that, well, you got to be born in California. And then at six weeks old, you got to move to the Navajo reservation. Right. And then at four year old, you got to move to, because I wasn't born in California. And that's what I'm saying. It's like straight up to be who I am. Right. That's impossible. Right, because and I so would you, have to be unborn. So you're like, okay, so now <laughs> Go i got to be born in Michigan, and I've got to be born into a military family, and I've got to... It's like, I checked what that the mark. crap? I checked no, but that's that you. That's your story. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I'm okay, telling okay. you, yeah, your story. About no, you. no, 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 yeah, I'm yeah. telling you, you start, your story. Yeah, yeah. So if we cheapen the the bigger picture based on my experience, no one can ever achieve my experience. Mm-hmm. That's not what everybody should achieve. They should, they should ever, strive for it. Nor could we ever achieve Jesus's experience. No. Born in a manger. Dude, Sunday, the worship team sang King of Kings. And I, I'm telling you, man, that song, and I don't yeah. know if it's just momentary, but that song, I had to put it on the car on the way to school yesterday and today because I'm just like, and I told the kids, I was like, I don't know, the the richness of this song is so amazing. And then then towards the end, it just gets better. It just like grows. Mm-hmm you know yeah and it's in the in the end it's like the love of jesus christ has set me free mm-hmm. and so it's not like the love of jesus christ has made me just like him no the, the love of jesus christ has set me free from that pressure from that the pressure of perfection the pre- pressure of being right the perfect the 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 pressure of being lost the, being the pressure of not. being someone i'm not yeah. it's like and i'm not saying the theology of you do you boo that's not no. what i'm talking about yeah. 
I'm simply talking about I have an identity, and because I'm with Jesus, it doesn't mean I lose my identity. It just means that actually my identity is enhanced, and actually in heaven, whatever that's going to look like, I'm going to be the best me, like the fullness of me. And that doesn't mean that I'm good for anything. It just means that I'm actually redeemed to be who God originally created me to be. Right, and there's a lot of freedom in that thought because no matter what you do or how significant the impact you think your life has made, God has actually um, created you on purpose, like uh, like with with a purpose, yeah. like he and for this so, time in history, yeah. <laughs> because I could have been born at some other time in history. I used to fantasize that I was born in the wrong century. Like yeah. I was like, I shouldn't have internet or a computer or whatever. I should be on a horse with a gun back in the old west. Now that I'm forty, I'm like, heck no! I'm so glad God put me in this time because He knows better than I do. You know, a lot of it was fear. Yeah. As a kid, I just didn't want to grow up. It's like I didn't want to grow up and be responsible and be an adult and be, you know, <laughs> all the stuff that you have to do. Part of it was I didn't have access to that stuff as a kid. No computer. I mean, we got a computer when I was a kid, a Commodore 64, like way back when the first computers first came out mm -hmm. and then it got stolen. And so my upbringing didn't even know anything about computers, didn't have any on the original floppy disk. And so I leave home and I'm like going into this world and I'm like, oh, I'm ill-equipped. I'm not ready for this, you know. And a lot of it was crisis, you know, forced into learning. Now I can't even imagine life without it. Mm -hmm. So, but, so I think giving yourself permission to be human. Uh, you've talked about Steve Cuss quite a bit. He's actually going to be a guest on our podcast next February. We've, uh, we've reached out to him and, and kind of, <laughs> I zoomed with him the other day and had a kind of interaction. He's a great guy. If you want to, if you want a podcast that might mess you up, go listen to managing leadership anxiety, mm -hmm. yours and theirs. It's really, a it's been a good podcast to to track. Um, and that was one of those when you were like, when you told me that he actually confirmed, I was like, no way. <laughs> like, because I see him as... And, and I, You're like, why would he do that? Like, <laughs> and I'm like, because I asked. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, yeah. And I, I would have just, I think my default assumption is like, nah. He'll say probably, no. He doesn't have time. They wouldn't. They're like... <laughs> Because you build up this kind of, yeah. Well, it's just like of people. It's just like this podcast. I mean, it's a little unfair. If I if I looked at it, I'm being selfish. It's like an unfair advantage that other people have into our lives. They have a, they have access and insight <laughs> into both of our lives, <laughs> but we don't know them from anybody. There's some people we interact with. Some people we know. But they truly have hours and hours, I mean, 26, 30 plus hours More of than that, access. 40. Well, probably. I don't even know how many hours. 45. But they have access to some information about us and even some intimate things about us, like some vulnerable things about us. And we don't have that about them. And so there's this relationship that's being built, but it's one-sided. Hmm. And so when we interact with someone and they mention something, it, it kind of throws you off because you're like, I don't I remember having that. that conversation with you. And <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh... I am the jack wagon that has a podcast out there, you know, yeah. that's weird. And that's why Wyatt, when he came up to us and he started talking to us about stuff, I'm like, huh? And then I'm like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot. We, we put that on the podcast, yeah. you know? So it's a, that's a weird insight into our, 
into our lives. And so Steve Cuss, we have a relationship with him, quote unquote, because we it listen. Feels that way, yeah. Not only do we read his book, but we also uh, listen to his podcast. And so, and his po- his website's funny because it's like Steve Cusswords. Cusswords, yeah. <laughs> com. That's funny. That's great. He's yeah. a he's a great guy. You know, as far as just like the way he's very human. Um, he's very vulnerable. He's very transparent. Um, he's Australian, so he's got the, got the Aussie accent. It's uh-huh. kind of like, ooh, yeah, I love that. You know, when you're talking, I'm just like, oh, yeah. You know, so we have this relationship in our heads that we've developed with him, and he doesn't know us from anybody. <laughs> right. And yet when I Zoomed with him, dude, it was so weird. I felt, I mean, he he treated me like he knew me, and that was super disarming. You know, it's like he called me by name, and every once in a while he'd be like, my name. And I was like, that's really disarming. And Either it's a skill he's learned or it's just who he is, right. you know? And so very interesting. But he'll be on our podcast in in, Mar- in February because his whole venture, his whole adventure as a, as a human is to help people process through their anxiety, like to process through the reason they do things. Mm-hmm. And it's really a cool, uh, great guy, great guy. So Yeah, he's he's deeply impacted my life just from, from a distance. And so to think about somebody who's had influence on my life that I've never met and then have the opportunity to meet. And I don't get like this. I'm not starstruck. Very yeah. Like, I mean, I, it's, it's like somebody that is uber famous could walk into the room. And so who like, would that person be like, who is the most famous person that you'd be like, uh, speechless if they walked in the room? Like, who would that person be? I, Jesus. You know, you, uh, Jesus. <laughs> I was going to tell you, it was the Pope. The Pope walked in and you'd be like, blah, 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 blah. No. <laughs> like, who's the Pope today? And everyone's like, I don't even know who the Pope is. <laughs> I, yeah, I probably, that's the thing. It's like, I'm not this oh, that's funny. celebrity. The, the idea of like influencers, I cannot wrap my mind around. That's funny. Like the, the, that, that people would have that much Vladimir Putin, power. Man. Vladimir Putin walks in the room and you're like, blah. I don't even. He was at our light up the night. Did you not see that he was at the light up the night? Yeah, but well, you could show me a picture of him, and I'd be like, "Who's that?" I was like, "Hey, did you see Vladimir Putin?" And Ruben's like, "Who?" Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) who's that? (laughs) That's funny. I know who it would be. I know who he'd be speeches around. Who? Never mind. I'm not going to say it because that'd be too controversial. (laughs) No, say it. Donald Trump. No, it's a joke, dude. I'm I totally be, kidding, man. I I'm totally be kidding. Starstruck with him. Uh, that's funny. I wouldn't either. <laughs> no, um, I, and I've thought about that myself because there's a few people that I'm like, I think they're they're good actors, or I think they're good people. Like Elon Musk would be an interesting person to talk to, but it wouldn't be like I'd be starstruck. I'd be more like, dude, I need to understand your brain and how this thing works. You know, like I think I use five percent of my brain. You must use ninety five percent of your brain. And it was like that's amazing to me. You know. Yeah, uh, I'd have a. L- no matter who it was, I just have a lot of questions. Like I'm gonna when when Steve Cuss is on our <laughs> our podcast, I'm gonna have to like really filter that might my be a six hour like, podcast, dude. But he's gonna cut us off. He's gonna be like, guys, I gotta, gotta go. I got a life. He's probably gonna be like, no, he's gonna have to get up and go to the bathroom or something, which I've already had to do once on this podcast. So. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do it again. It's just, yeah, no, I I think the older I get. I think I I don't I don't know how to label it or to say like it's because of this, but the older I get, the less um, intimidated I guess. I still get intimidated quite a bit. I think there's still quite a bit of insecurity in my own life that I need to work through. Um, but I think that's more surprise. I think you're 
I think there's certain times because I've, I've observed you, okay. and I think it's surprise that you happen to be there. I, I think, think so it, too. I think if you knew it was going to come, then you'll be less surprised. But being surprised in the moment, you're like, "How did we? How did this happen? Why am I here?" Mm-hmm. You know. I think that's probably more what you experience, and then maybe anxiety kind of sneaks up behind that. But I, yeah. but I think it's more surprise. Well, because there's some things that I, some situations that I find myself in simply by way of association. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. there's there's been some <laughs> things that have happened that would never have happened outside of my relationship with you. Like, you know what I mean? And so I'm like scratching my head thinking like, okay, God, like, thank you for, thank you for that gift. Cause I didn't, I I didn't make that happen. I didn't make that, you know. And I have those same experiences. Yeah. I have the same, I have the same relationship with certain people that I'm like, (laughs) okay, this is just me like just tagging along. You know, it's like, that's funny. That's, that's really a funny experience, but. Well, uh, um, it just hit me. Um, we're treating this podcast like our very first podcast. So we didn't do our welcome, which I'm going to go back and we'll record the welcome. Like the, this is Ray, this is Ruben, Rabbit Hole Ramble. Yeah, we, and you t- didn't even do that. We never talked about coffee slingers. Well, you talked about Isaac an and hour, I almost interrupted you. It's an hour and, and 13 like, minutes into it. And we're just now going to talk about yeah. coffee slingers. So it feels like our very first episode, man. So we're starting over. I mean, our first quarter's over. Now yeah. we're on the second quarter. Second quarter, new. First episode should, of the second we quarter. We should do seasons. Oh, is this a season two? I don't know. Season <gasps> two, episode one. People are going to be so confused. We've taken, let's we've taken do it. a whole six days So let's off. cut this thing and let's start season two on episode 26. So every season okay. is going to be 25 episodes. Let's do it. Every season is going to be 25 episodes. Okay. So this is episode one of season two. So when do are we going to launch this? Yeah, this is Normal. Friday, man. Friday. It's going to be our season two launch on Friday. <laughs> Just go <laughs> proceed as normal. But yeah, just, just normal. It's just two. season two. We'll see if okay. anybody notices. Well, if they listen this far, they'll notice. But but it'll actually be in the podcatcher season two, episode one. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. That'll be so fun. It'll be episode 26, and yet it'll be season two. And then maybe we could... I don't know that we need to take... It's too fun to take a break. Like what? We're not even there yet, dude. What do you mean? Uh, Steve Cuss takes the like a big big break between his episodes seasons. We're not doing that. It's still fun, man. I know that's what I'm saying. So it's no, no, too no, fun. No, no, it's no, no, too no. fun to take a break. We'll we'll have to take a break maybe when we're on vacation because I think that was hard when we were on vacation. Yeah, and we tried to do that. That was really hard. Yeah. So hey, I'm gonna run to the restroom. You talk about coffee slingers. Tell people where they can get it and tell them what coffee we're drinking today. Oh man, this is hard to talk to no one. Hurry back. <laughs> uh, we, coffeeslingers.com. Um, you can get a subscription. Um, you can get a single bag if you want. You can buy merch. Uh, and if you go coffeeslingers.com slash rabbit hole ramble, you can get a 15% discount on all online orders. So whether that's a subscription or just a single item, you can get a 15% discount. Today we are, uh, I think we're, we drank this last time too, but this was this is once again Santa Sofia. Uh, it's pretty good, single origin coffee, doing well. Ray's not back yet, so I'm done with my spiel. So I'll just talk about Isaac for a little bit. Isaac's a good friend of ours, and he's he's a good dude. He's one of those guys that 
sometimes I scratch my head and wonder how he does it all because he's got his hands in lots of different things, just like Ray. Maybe that's why maybe that's why Ray and Isaac are good are are really good friends because they have similar spirits in dabbling in all sorts of things and somehow manage it all. I don't know how they do it, but Ray's back, so he just I have no idea what you talked about. <laughs> I talked about how you are good with you. Why maybe why you and Isaac are really good friends because oh. you guys are have your hands in all sorts of things. We're we're small entrepreneurs. Yes, and here's the funny thing: we have this Project Nineteen, and we both yeah, love it. Thing. We both love it, and yet we need other people involved to make it happen because it's about it's basically we got to kick it down the road a little bit. So we've got a few people involved to try to help us with that. So we love, mm. yeah, Isaac and I. Definitely cross paths in several. We're different, and yet we cross paths in a lot of interests. See, this is an interesting thing. So this just happened to me. Hmm. You mentioned Project 19, and there's part of me that's like, instantly you think, oh, man, is that something that that I should be (laughs) involved in? No. I need to take that. (laughs) I can't. Number one. Uh... Number two. Why? Like, why can't, what, where does, the, where does the need come from for me to say, oh, I need to do that versus celebrating that somebody else is doing it? I don't know. Like, that's something that I need to we do. We should have a on. live therapy session with a, with a counselor on the podcast to just see how that goes. Dude. I don't only, know if I'm, only I don't, if we bring the oh. orange couch back up and I get to lay on the couch. Dude, I just thought, I mean, I just remembered a dream. I, I never remember my dreams, but okay. last night. Uh-oh. Last night I had the most, like I actually thought it was real and I woke up and I thought it was a real, like it really happened because I can remember the details of everything right now. It's like all in my head right now. The, the, now that I'm thinking about it though, there's a couple elements of it that are kind of like freakish. And uh-huh. so then I'm like, okay, that wasn't real. So for example, there's two individuals, I won't name their names, but they were part of the dream and they looked like munchkins from, from uh, Wizard of Oz. So, so, but in my dream, it was totally normal. Like one was a pastor and his wife, his pastor and wife, and they both looked munchkin. They're not munchkins. <laughs> like the people that are real people, they're not munchkins, but my brain translated it in the dream. What they would look like as munchkins. I guess. Like they were munchkins in my dream, wow. but I knew it was these people and it made total sense in the dream. You know how dreams are. They're kind of like in the moment they make sense. Then you think back about it and you're like, what an idiot. But the, the dream last night had to do with um, counseling and therapy, psychiatry. And this person that was a friend of mine, but he was a munchkin, but he's not a munchkin in real life. (laughs) Him and his wife were there talking to me and they told me, Ray, you know what your problem is? Is that you need a psychiatrist to sit down with you and find out what is your wound. Like you you are unhealthy spiritually, mentally, and emotionally because there's a wound in your childhood that you have not not discovered. And so you need to sit down with a counselor and you need to work through it because it will change your health, it will change your spirit, and it'll change your mind. And I was looking at him and it made sense in my dream. In my dream, I was like, you know, I've been hiding this my whole life. So I'm gonna, I knew I do need to do that. And the guy was like, look at me. I'm like the model of health. And it's this little munchkin, like look, <laughs> he's looking at me. Look at and me. He, and he's got almost like um Hunger Games, hair, and just nuts, you know? 
Oh no. And it was like pretty exact, pretty like flamboyant. And him and his wife comes up and his wife's shorter than him in my dream. And they're not the, like the people they were representing are not, they look nothing like that. But it's someone that I would consider very healthy, someone that I consider very successful, both him and his wife. And so as they were talking to me and I was like, that is the missing element in my life. I've got to sit down with a counselor and a therapist, a psychiatrist, and I've got to work this thing out. (laughs) And when I woke up, I had a hard time discerning whether that was real or not. (laughs) It's very weird. So we need to have a counselor on the the dream. No. Oh, no, it was just like this. It was like this underlying like bubble, like bubbling up in my, almost in my subconscious. That was like, something's missing. (laughs) That was really weird. So that was my freaky dream with munchkins. Wow. And I didn't realize they were munchkins until I grew up, until I woke up and I was like, man, did that really happen? Like I was thinking about a memory and I lo- I, I was thinking, that's not them. Why was I convinced that was them? Hmm. So my mind played tricks on me. Maybe it was that tape over my mouth, man. <laughs> right. Dude, Jordan has been doing the same thing. No. Yes, but not like actual tape because her, her skin is really sensitive. Oh, yeah. She actually bought these things, and there's like a little slit in the middle. So like, yeah. if you get into some trouble, you can actually. I bought them too. They don't work for me. Well, my mouth see, muscles are too strong. They're working. <laughs> they're working for her. It seemed to be. I should have given her mine. I didn't know she wanted to buy them, but I have. I have a, a pack there that I. Please give them to her. I will. It'll... I will. They're expensive. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> she's like, "Can you order these?" I was like, "What?" For some, for some like band aids for your them. mouth. For like twenty eight yeah. of them. I'm like. If we pay that every month, that's a well, yeah, kids? no, that'll fit. Because you're budget. not eating yeah. this month. <laughs> Seriously, I was like, oh my god, which kid is not eating? I was like, I, which so, is my least favorite kid? This is, this so is the bad. one that's not going to eat. But I, no, <laughs> this is bad. But I suggest. I was like, I was like, okay, so if I get some like, you know, maybe like some bigger duct size band aids and cut them, yeah, just cut a hole in them. Would would that work? And she goes, Ruben, that's like adhesive, like glue like it would make my face break out everywhere and i was like oh if your duct tape be your she, wife. <laughs> she, she was like is woman is my be quiet is <laughs> my is my health not worth it to you oh, I was like, oh jordan you got me dude i'm gonna carry that with me i guess i won't eat this month that's what you tell her <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so i'll get you those if i can remember remind me and i'll get you my the ones I, I only used one, so you can okay. have the rest of them. At least we'll, it'll buy I us another I almost returned month. them. You know what's funny? They have a couple different kinds, and I actually bought one. I was like, this is bull crap. Returned it. Got a different one, and I was like, well, how many times am I going to return these dumb things? So I just have a, a pack of a different kind. So It'll buy us a month. Of it'll buy you at least, at least. Yeah, at least a month. That's funny. <laughs> so being season two, as we've planned way yeah. ahead of time, yep. that this cool. is going to be our season two, we're, we're going to change pace, and we're going to actually end our episodes with rapid fire questions that we will i i thought about calling it questions that make pastors sweat but oh, shoot but maybe it shouldn't be that because then we're gonna run out of quite well i don't know if we'll run out so you'll have to help us but i want to do like i don't know like ruben doesn't know the questions i wrote down and he doesn't i don't know the questions he wrote down and we're gonna on the fly ask them oh to man. each other just one? Like, how how did he get five? I was thinking four or five. I got one, two, three, four, five. Okay. So, but dude, like, so it's just maybe I misunderstood. I know you, you did. Said, you did. 
Oh man, so you had the upper hand. You're like you're it's gonna bad. ask me like really bad questions. Well, you'll learn now. From oh, now on in shoot, season two, yeah. you'll develop your skill. <laughs> you go you go first so that way I can change no, my no, questions. No, 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 no. That's unfair, dude. What? I've already got them written. I'm not changing them. I've already got them written too. So I've got one, two, three, one, two, three, four. I only have four. Okay, then I'll you don't need to delete them. You can do five. I mean, there's no set. Oh, so at man. the end of our episodes, we're gonna do mine are like kind of deep though. Like they might so take a little bit longer. Oh <laughs> no, but you can't go long. You can't you can't like jump in a rabbit hole for an hour. You gotta like oh, first thing that comes to your head. That's so hard for me, dude. I know it's amazing. I gotta think it's amazing. I, and then I'm gonna have to like go back and think about my words all day and all that. Come on. So this is gonna mess you up. Yeah. It'll be good. And you enjoy welcome that. So to good. the rabbit hole ramble. Yeah, welcome to the rabbit hole Randall and the and the mind of Ray. Rabbit hole ramble, not Randall. Pee-wee Randall. Oh yeah. Oh no. Bring it throw that was a throwback to that season was one. So good. You get it? Season, season one. one. Yeah, season one. Last, you know, so long ago. Season it one. It was so so long ago. <laughs> oh, man, it's hard to All imagine right. that we're already on season two. So here's here's a wrap of our question. I'll ask you one, you ask me one. I'll ask you another oh, one, man. you ask me another one. Oh, we'll go dude, back and forth. I don't know if I'm ready for this. Okay, but we got to be quick. We can't ramble. All right. Okay. So, okay. Um, you should be ready for this one, maybe. Okay. All let's right? hope so. Why is it wrong to cuss? Oh, I don't know. I think it's it's not so much about the words that we say as as why like what what the intention of our words are. I right. think, I think we're going to get a timer okay. and we're going to oh, turn it dude, upside down. Dude, 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 you have one? Hang on. There's, okay. There's so we're going to get a timer and it's real like we're going to give so many seconds and then it's over. So it's going to be un <laughs> so it's going to be unsatisfying. Like we're not going to get to the end oh, of the dude, answer. So we're going to do a countdown one of my and it's going to be feeling and like gonna I'm be unheard. Oh, right. Oh, dude. Well, you know the new reels on Facebook? You get into it and then it ends and you don't know what happens. Oh, make me. So, ticks yeah, me so, off, dude. So that's what this is going to be. So, season here's two, the, baby. Here's the pink button. Season this two, This is the noise baby. that you're going to hear. Oh, oh crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude, this is going to be so good. <laughs> All right. So, so final, no, final answer. <laughs> so the cussing is just, it's yeah, about what? I'm, I'm intent? more convinced that it's less about like what you're saying and why you're saying. Like, yeah, intent of... Because so, words are words. I mean, to, so word, to me, they so mean this is like a follow up. Follow up. Okay. Why? Why are some words like quote unquote dirty cuss words, and some words not? Because of the intent. Like, what? Are, what are you meaning? Your, so you your can words, say a cuss word that we would say without intent, and it's okay. Well, I think it's it's contextual. People like so it's in okay. their mind. So what you're saying, it's okay. No, I'm saying like in in people's minds, they've developed a meaning for what words mean. Okay. And you're by saying that word, you're meaning to say. So, are there a words thing. that'll eventually not be cuss words that are cuss words now? Is that possible? I don't know. Maybe. Because when I was a kid, man, crap does. was a woo, right. But now I'm like crap. Right. Why did that change? Well, that's contextual. Okay. Like you were in a system where that told you. So it's all the system. That's bad. Okay. And to you, that word is not like. And this is again not like you do you boo, but <laughs> it's like. Well, some generations, it's like not good. Right, yeah, because... Like, suck. That sucks. And right? I think, That's like when, that, when I was a kid, I was like, ooh. Right, and again... Now, some of our listeners are like, you guys are so lame <laughs> Those are not cuss words, but... Right. When I was a kid, it was. Right. Well, and in Costa Rica, I could say all sorts of words, but then go to Panama, and those are cuss words. But in Costa Rica, they're not. Yeah. 
So that's also oh, contextual. Here's an example. So <clears throat> I had a, a big deal. Like cussing was like a huge no-no, like mm. growing up in the yeah. s- system that I grew up in. I, I went home one year um, <clears throat> and my brother, you know, rattled off uh, some, some cuss words. And I was like, bro, like, why do you, why do you use such foul language or whatever? He goes, <laughs> he goes, dude, he goes, you don't get to talk to me about the words that I say until you stop saying your your Christian, you know, your Christian cuss words like frick and things like that. Ooh. And it was like, and so he goes, because what are you, what do you mean when you say that? And I was like, well, there's different meanings to that word, like depending on context and what you're saying and what you mean. Like sometimes so people are saying like you. somebody, sometimes people are, they say that word and they mean, oh crap, like. It's like yeah. a oops yeah. kind of way. And then there's other, there's another context that you can say that's like sexualized. That's like, oh, yeah. whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it becomes very gross and vulgar. So again, context. Well, and nowadays, and, um, I think, you know, a certain population uh, of us would say, well, F you then. And, and because I didn't say it, it's right. like more acceptable than actually saying it. Right. And dude, I was, so it's not, I'm not going to mention their name, but I laughed so hard. We were, we were in college walking out of the cafeteria. This kid, this was back when we had to wear ties uh, at school. And he goes, he like, he wound up the biggest loogie ever and went to spit it on the ground. The wind caught his tie. No. And he goes, <laughs> And it Into hit tie. his tie, dude, and then swung back down and just kind of dripped down his tie. And I was like, he, and he goes, oh, fun. And I was like, Aye. that was, I was close. like, you know, yeah, I was like, I know what you meant. Well, it's like, even uh, though you didn't say the word, I know what you story, meant. That movie, like I couldn't even watch, my parents wouldn't let me watch that movie. So I didn't watch it till I was like a young, like a young adult. Mm-hmm. And so that whole scene where the kid is like, sorry, dude. <laughs> well, I don't know why that was so our funny. first question, <laughs> we, we straight up, we broke our own rules. I got hit the button. And that's so what you good. get to do. That's what you get to do on your own podcast is you get to break oh, all the rules. Season two. Okay. All right, your turn for the question. Let's go on. All right. All right, all right. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder that we need to stop. So good. I, that felt, that felt really good. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, okay. Uh, oh man, see, oh, no, the, mine are mine are hard hard questions, dude. Okay, oh, come on. What what scares you? Is a good one. Like not like fear, like oh no, I'm scared of spiders, but like what scares me? Hmm. If it's a quick quick answer, not knowing mm. scares me. Like and it depends. No matter what it is, not knowing something. Do you think not knowing something does it does it trigger anger in you? No, it's more anxiety. So that's probably why my mind is full of all this useless stuff. Mm. So that's it. Because you want to be able to have an answer. Yeah, and that's probably from my grandma, my granny. That's interesting because I I have like I hear conversations that you have like I mean I'm in the room I'm present in the conversation but you're able to have like an intelligent conversation <laughs> with people about 
a lot of things. Unbelievably <laughs> amount of things. And I feel that creates anxiety. I was like, crap, he knows that. Should I know that? Like, is that is that a qualification for being a pastor to know all this? See, stuff? when I was a kid, we didn't have <laughs> like, TV. So how do you fill your time? You just read stuff. Yeah. Encyclopedias and yeah, books. Maybe. And so, yeah. But once we got a TV, but they're when current, I was nine, no, they're, no, they're current things. They're, they're I know, modern because it was things, that interest in me. Things. That was an interest. And I'm like, sometimes I just scratch my head. I'm like, how do you know that? Like, just, I, you, you blow me away sometimes. And it makes me mad because I'm like, uh, I'm like, I, and, and it's not. Uh, oh, <laughs> that, felt good. that felt good. All right. So, my oh, turn. dude, that was rude. That was really rude. That's what I felt like when I was trying to tell my Christmas story. Okay, like, good. So, I want to say more. <laughs> all right, you ready? Yeah. You ready? What is the meaning of life? Not the Christianese, not the Jesus juke. What's the meaning of life? No, so, come on. Next question. No, you can't do that. It's <laughs> Why like, not? You because let silence no, forever. On, no. First yeah. thing that came to mind, man. What was the first thing that came to your mind? Glorify God and enjoy Him. Uh, <laughs> See, no, like that was kind of that was what came okay. to my mind. All right. Who told you that? Someone told you that. I read it in a book somewhere. Exactly. So, what's for you? What's the meaning of life? What have you know. discovered? I don't know. Okay. Good. Next. Okay. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Oh, that's fun. When do you feel most rested? And there are two part question. When do you feel most rested? When do you feel most drained? Ooh. I really, this is like probably the truth. If I have three or four days, five days maybe on the beach with a book, I feel most rested. Okay. Like disconnect from life. Yeah. Just with my family. I can't be by myself. Okay. I don't like being by myself, but with Christy sitting next to me on a beach with the waves rolling in, listening to a book, dude, five days of that, I feel like really so it's like not jelly, even necessarily, man. I feel like jello. It's yeah. not even necessarily like you're it's not solid doing something together, No, but like you're with each other. So you don't have to be talking necessarily. Sometimes no talking, you probably do, but... Eh, no talking, but together. But you just know you're there. We're together, sitting on the beach, watching the rays ro- roll in, listening to a book or reading a book. Okay. That's my foot most rested. Most drained. That's a hard one. I don't know. When I don't get enough sleep, that's really, I mean, mm. it comes down to sleep for me. So it's not about activity that I do. It's not about work. It's not that. It's more if I don't get enough sleep, like actual sleep at night, then I feel drained. Maybe and there's been a couple times. What's that? Maybe that's why you're trying to do this thing that's to, why I'm to trying get better to get, sleep. The yeah, duct tape thing. Yeah. Well, and there's been a couple times even in the office that I'm like two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm just like, oh my word, I can't keep my eyes open. I'm trying to work and nothing's happening. And I'll sit on the chair, close my eyes for a power nap for 15, 20 minutes, and then I'm ready to go. So yeah. that could be just me just getting old. But I, I mean, so anyway, next. <laughs> All right, my turn. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where this thing came from. <laughs> That's a game. Like, it showed up. It like it wasn't there. Oh. That's like a it must be for the kids stuff, like Bethel kids. All right. Oh maybe. What do you think about drinking alcohol? Ooh, that's a that's a good one. Quick. 
<laughs> it's it's changed over the years because again, it's not just like cussing. I think it's it's a it's a motive thing. It's a heart thing. And so is it okay to drink alcohol? To maybe me, that's the question. To me, it's a it's a wisdom thing, like, and it's individualized. I don't think I personally don't think that scripture gives a definitive clear answer. Now it does say, uh, you know, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. So I think drunkenness and, and Paul, and Paul would say, don't come under the control of anything. Mm. And that goes for food that goes for pop that goes for all this stuff. Like when you feel like when you reach the point where you'd be like, I have to have this and Mm. I'm willing to do anything to get it. And that is with anything in this that this life has to offer us, we're in a danger zone. And so alcohol to me, I have seen it used and abused, misused, and it's created a lot of chaos in people's lives. So for me personally, it's something that I feel the need to refrain from because I know myself and uh, I've seen what it's done to people that I've <clears throat> that I've uh, been in close relationship with. But there's nothing necessarily wrong with. I don't think in, inherently, uh, like alcohol in and of itself, I don't know that you could, and I, I could be proven wrong, but I don't know that you can make a case that Jesus says or scripture says that that substance is wrong in and of His itself. His first miracle, baby, was like wine. Yeah. Well, and that's always been like... And it was really wine. It, it was controversial. Just, it yeah. was really wine. It because wasn't just it's like been grape presented as like, yeah, well, it was unfermented or whatever. <laughs> That's bullcrap. And I don't, I mean, I don't know enough about it. A good uh, glass of, about of it. wine. I don't know enough about it, but I've heard. <laughs> Paired with the I, right food is really good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I've never done that. I don't even know how to do that. So There's people that I'm really in close relationship with that um, would have a glass of wine with their dinner or even even a beer. Yeah. And to them, it's a soft drink. It, it, oh. They they treat it as a soft drink. Like we would go to the fridge, or I wouldn't because I don't drink pop, but <clears throat> um, somebody would go to the thing and grab a bubbly, you know, like, or... A bubbly. Is that what they're called? Yeah, bubbly they're bubbly, or bubbly? bubbly. It's bubbly. a bubbly, but so, I call them bubbly. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> of that commercial? <laughs> I don't even know if I've ever seen it, but someone told me that Michael Bublé is on the commercial. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It, but it's I, a funny I haven't point seen it. it. I haven't seen it. Oh. All right, you're up. Okay. This um, is arbitrary time. We should we should actually have a timer. <laughs> yeah. We need we need to implement like an actual It'll timer so we down. can yeah. we can count it. Okay. Uh, how or when do you feel most cared for? Dude, you're like asking the like the feely questions, and I'm asking like the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't see. I didn't have a context. No, that's you good. Said. That's good. That's good. When do I feel most cared for? Huh. Or how? I don't know. Uh, I think how I, okay, so how I care for people probably is when I, that's how I feel cared for, probably. Like I I think our tendency is to do for others what we want them to do for us maybe. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's bad, but that's probably what it is. And so I think it's more acknowledging people, Mm -hmm. like individually acknowledging people. So if I think about someone, I'll text them. For me, if someone just randomly texts me, I'm like, oh. That person, I popped in their head and they text me, you know? So that's probably acknowledgement, maybe. That's okay. probably when I feel most cared for, probably. 
to know somebody's thinking about you? Well, I don't even need to know that they're thinking about me, but acknowledging my presence <laughs> or acknowledging my like absence, you know, I don't know. Okay. Um, I, maybe I shouldn't ask this one. <laughs> Might as well. They're like in the same line oh. and uh, I'll, I'll ask a different one. How good is good enough? Ooh. I know the like what I would what I would tell somebody else and what I tell myself are sometimes different. So what do you tell yourself? Well, I'll start with what I would tell. No, other no, no, people. no, no. What would you tell? What would no, you? This is the thing start. that popped in your head. I'm about to buzz it. The, it's nothing's ever good enough. Okay. Well, that's the like, honest answer. The honest answer is nothing's ever good enough. Like I will never, I will never arrive. I will never get there. I will never be enough, so I have to keep working, and I have to keep proving, and I have to keep going and doing more and filling my plate with more things so that I can amaze people and live up to what I perceive their expectations of me to be. Hmm. Last question. What was the hardest thing? Oh, no. How do you manage... No, this is a better way to ask this. Do you ever get stressed out? <laughs> yes, I do. What's so what stresses you out then? Hmm. And how do you show it? Because I've never seen it. <laughs> I feel like I show it all the time, but maybe not. Um, maybe you maybe it I've managed it. Um unpreparedness. And I hmm. and I, that's what gives me stress. But I've probably been able to mask it. So how do I deal with it or how do I show it? It's probably been able to mask it. Um, there is a danger in, there's a danger in um, being good enough because then you rely on talent. And mm -hmm. so um, I think unpreparedness though comes through sometimes in what stresses me out. Um and I think the older I get, the less unprepared I am. But which goes along with your um, yeah. what scares you is yeah. the unknown. Yeah. Like if you're not prepared, whether it's a simple question or a situation and, where you're and like, some people I don't know what think, but some people think that my unpreparedness or or my my like the the unknown think that that's a control thing. But I'm totally great to go into a situation that I'm not in charge. And just be there, be present. I don't need to be in charge. I don't need to control it. I don't even need to know what's going to happen. I can I can enjoy the journey. And so some people are like, "Oh no, you're just a control freak." I really am not. But if I'm in charge, that's the thing that gives me stress. Is if it's like, I I'm actually wish I wasn't in charge. Yeah, there's a lot of times I wish I wasn't <laughs> either. But I find myself in situations where I'm in charge a lot, mm -hmm. and I don't know if that's. I don't know what that is. Some of it's territorial. I mean, I think like yeah. that it comes with the territory. Maybe yeah. is a better way to say it. Like, but it wasn't like I sought it out, look though, to you but I didn't sink it out. But it happened here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably it. Because you're like, I don't know. That's right. No, <laughs> that's good. That's good. So. All right. Sweet. Last question from me. What are your thoughts on medical marijuana? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, and I meant medical. <laughs> yeah. When it, when it first came, when it first became a thing, it was 
I was like, oh, crap. Like, I didn't know what to think about it, honestly. Yeah. I, 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 and I don't, I don't know that I have a, an answer for it today, definitively. I'm not, I try not to be dogmatic on really a whole lot of things, but I actually are, I know some people and our neighbors in in Owasso that we Mm. have a good relationship with are in charge or like they own several dispensaries. Mm. And so it's like, do I, I know these people personally. I know them. I know who they are. I know that they're good people. I know they're, they're children and I love them. And so I was faced with a personal conflict of what I was told that like it was dangerous but like an existential yes yeah but then i encountered somebody that i knew and loved that were stepping into that arena and it was like what like that was conflicting to me because i know and love these people and then they're involved with something that somewhere along the line somebody told me is inherently evil and only causes bad and so i uh that's a good answer i I don't know what I, i think it's to be determined yeah, I, there's like, some things. I, I think there's prescription medicine that people take that's probably dangerous, more dangerous oh, than, than for sure. marijuana. And but. again, it's contextual, and I think it is. You can misuse anything, and I yeah. think people do, and that's that's what I think is wrong. I don't know that. I mean, it's a plant, so like. <laughs> I heard a it was like 15 God years ago, it. my neighbor 15 years ago told me that Moses actually um, would use cannabis as he was interacting with God. <laughs> and I was like, huh, where, where's the, what's the case for that? And so he showed me some passages in, in the books of the law, you know, in uh, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And he showed me, and he goes, this is the only way this would happen was, was with cannabis. And I was like, okay. That's interesting. And this would be an interesting question along those lines is, is, is cannabis like the plant is it something that was created, like that we've <laughs> hybrided, you know, to create something that wasn't naturally created? I don't know the You're answer. You're asking, to that. was it a result of the original creation or a result of the fall? If yeah. There, you know, if, I, if that's the context you want to put it in. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, it's a plant, so it's here. So right, but it's you're talking plant. about modified. Right. Is it is it modified? Well, definitely, there's some strands that are definitely human modified. Definitely today. Yeah. But I don't the original like cannabis plant. I don't know. I, don't, I haven't done enough research about it. Yeah, me neither. So, but I know in Oklahoma, <laughs> the day that it was voted on, overwhelmingly yes, and then they were regulating, and now you you drive through certain areas of our city, and it's just like every other yeah every other store is a is a dispensary. So, really interesting. Yeah, so. anything can, I would say anything can be misused. Uh, I'm sure it it huh. has health benefits. I would say if I was in a situation, medical situation, where I knew and yeah. everyone or like professionals told me that this will help and it's the only thing that will help. Oh yeah. Well, there's people Surely that are at end of life take stages. Yeah. There's people that are, have, have, have like some neurological, um, like, um, challenges and definitely there's a definite proof that it is, but that is a long ramble done. So, all right. Well, this has been fun. This has been <laughs> longer than I thought it would be. So we're going to get better at this hour and 47 minutes right now, but mm-hmm. we're going to get better at this last little, you know, 
Yeah, we'll set questions. like an actual timer like yeah, they do. It'll be better. So give us some yeah. some patience as we figure this out. <laughs> and now I know what kind of questions to ask. Ooh, yeah. Ooh I can't this even is gonna wait. Be, <laughs> this is going to get gonna be fun. This is going to get we're going to This make might you sweat. get brutal. This might get like we can't we be friends anymore. <laughs> no, come on. We won't point n- nuclear <laughs> weapons at each okay, other. Maybe okay, we will. Okay. That'd be good. Hopefully not. So, but we should have some people submit questions too. So, <clears throat> oh. if you have any questions, submit them and we'll we'll rapid fire them. So, actually, the cussing one came in on our um, direct message oh, see, on you Instagram. You had a really fair on But it. you didn't, it, it, you could have seen it too. You have yeah, access. You're right. You're right. I mean, that's not my fault, man. You're not right. my fault. You're right. You're right. right. So, anyway, that, that cussing question came through on our, on our instant messenger or on our uh, hmm. direct message. So, very good. Well, I've got to wrap this thing up. Let's wrap so, it up. my name's Ray. And I'm Ruben. And this is the Rabbit Hole Ramble. It's the podcast where it's season two, baby. Oh, <laughs> Where we say the quiet <laughs> part, part out loud. Yeah. Yeet. Peace. What was the noise that I made at the beginning? Pew, 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 whip. It wasn't that. Yeah, it was that. Well, it was that. Pew, whip, pew, whip. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it is, season two noise. Sweet. That's my intro, though. I can't use that as my outro. Pew. My outro is still. Pew. <laughs> pew. Nice. All right. Pew, whip. <laughs> We got it. Wait, get your cut it off. Season two. Season two, baby. There we go.